Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, and Randall. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 75 of Retro Hangover. Hello, retro and classic gamers. Welcome to the podcast where we are crawling chillingly to the closed coffins and confiscating cold corpses for coital collaborations. This is episode 75 of the Retro Hangover Podcast. I am your co-host, Chris Copleen, with our Nintendo host, Crawling in Your Skin, LP Tiger, and, as always, your host, Shane Wall chop dick dragon Koski. I feel like this is just becoming a contest with yourself at this point. You just you know, see how much longer you can go with that it's, every every episode. It's 75, so the next time I'm going to try and just go until I'm, like, dying is going to be 100. I'm going to see how long that can go. Fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm all about it. I said crawling in your skin. I meant crawling in my skin, tiger, but... I was con- I was confused because That's is this real? Fault. I was confusing what's real right now. Yeah. I mean, you know what? In the end, it didn't really matter, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. It's gonna go over so many um, people's heads, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well how long ago? It's like twenty yeah, it's twenty years. So Yeah, and a retro hangover. You mean on, I would say on this retro podcast yeah, a, where our target demo is like <laughs> people in their mid thirties? No, I, I think they'll probably get it. They'll be like, I remember Jinko jeans. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, we are trying to convince them whether the games are like, you know fun to go back to or not i don't know it's just <laughs> how what many I've done. ps2 games can you fit in your elephant pants <laughs> all right so first of oh, all I welcome we everybody <laughs> sorry it was forgotten my bad <laughs> anywho welcome once again i can do this all day let's not do this <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome <laughs> To our podcast, this is episode 75, as we have said in the intro. Today we're going to be talking about Castlevania, which I'm uh, kind of surprised it took us to get to any episode 75 to talk about it, but of course there's been plenty of other topics, and like half our episodes even really talk about video games, we just talk about bullshit. But this is about Castlevania, one of the most famous franchises in hardcore gaming lore, I should say, and I think we're all happy to talk about it, and we will get to that part of the episode, but first, as we always do, as we are wont to do, as we say, we talk about what's been going on in our lives and what's been going on, you know, what we've been playing lately, so let's kick this off. How about, hey, Tiger, it's been a while since we've had you on the show, how about you just uh, give us a little brief on what's been going on with you and what games you've been playing? Just like before, I'm excited that I I forgot that that is what we do here. Yeah, kind of. Two things. Uh, First thing. Uh, I have acquired Mario Kart Live. 
Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> for the Nintendo Switch, and uh, I already knew that it was gonna be a big hit. Like I, I got a little bit of criticism from some of my friends, and I was just like, "Listen, it's gonna sell out. If you want it, you better get it." And right now, it's sold out everywhere. So I'm sure. So how many, how many, Anywho, how many copies do you have of it? Um, currently, <laughs> uh, probably, <laughs> probably like you know seven or eight or something <laughs> like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but Merry uh, Christmas. One of them minus one, obviously, because I opened one for myself of and. If you don't know what Mario Kart Live is, uh, you get an RC cart with Mario inside of a cart, and it has a camera on it, and the whole idea is you're supposed to connect this cart in, uh, to your Nintendo Switch, and I guess with some sort of Bluetooth connection, and the room that you are in it becomes your customized uh, track, and it comes with like four cardboard uh, like gates. Uh, out of the box and you don't put it together like labo it literally just like pull it out snap it together and it's a it's a gate you put these four gates around uh your living room or wherever your room is and then uh inside the nintendo switch uh, you drive around to create the actual course and you have to drive through these four gates in order to create the course and i will tell you like playing this game and you know you're playing with like the the coupling characters uh, driving on the track in like au- augmented reality and i can't i really cannot tell the difference between playing a mario kart game and like playing in my living room floor it's ultra immersive and i am so like it's it's like a magical experience like to to know that i'm using my living room as a track uh, but it feels like I'm not in my living room because it's like so low to the ground. So you don't like, you know, see your living room uh, <laughs> like six inches off of the ground, you know. So I just had a blast with it. And it's it. I think it's something that you should at least try out for yourself to to um, to see if you feel the magic that I feel when I play that game. See, that's, that's amazing. That's interesting. I'm I'm actually surprised that you're saying that because I felt like this when when I saw the announcement trailer for it, uh, you know, my initial reaction was like, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Like, what if the Mario Kart was real? But also I had a feeling that it had a very real potential to be like janky as shit. So <laughs> So I guess I, mean, I not, guess I'm glad it turned out better than I thought. It it's not perfect. Like it's not like 4K quality camera here. And then like if you go too far away from the camera, it gets a little you know jittery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, other than that, <laughs> it, it does get funny. Like when you crash into the gate and the gate moves, so it like affects how <laughs> your course is uh because it's when it it sees the gate with the camera and it knows that it's like uh you know gate one two three or four but if you like accidentally hit it and then like it it affects how you created the course so you have to like uh, go back to where the camera is facing the gate so if you push the gate a little to the left you have to make that turn a little more so that you can go through the gate so that the camera notices it anyway uh I, I just I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, I play it you know, I have to play it to two hundred CC and not to mention two hundred CC is freaking fast. And oh, yeah. like you crash your you crash your car into like, you know, your lamp and <laughs> <laughs> and you're I don't know what's gonna be uh worse, like the damage to the lamp or the damage to the cart. So what happens when real environmental things hit your car? 
Yeah, like cats or Roombas. <laughs> <laughs> that's so much. That's that ma- adds to the magic because like the cat. <laughs> I, we have three cats. Uh, well, two one outside and two indoor. But anyway, uh, like when we're driving toward the cat and you see them running away, it feels like it's like part of the game. <laughs> So, it, you know, it, like, oh, I'm accidentally going to drive into my fiance's feet. You better move, you know, or I better drive around her, you know. So, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a load of fun. And and just a quick second game that I've been playing uh, yeah. randomly. I, I acquired the game Lost Odyssey. Oh, so good. For oh. the 360. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I just like I was supposed to sell it, but I was like, I'm just going to play it because I know it was made by Sakaguchi and has music by Umatsu and I've never played it. And then like, you know, five hours later, I'm still playing like, yo, this game is so cool. Uh, It's the real Final Fantasy 12. (laughs) Yeah, it it felt like it. This is what Final Fantasy would have been if it kept going, you know, with Sakaguchi. Mm -hmm. But. I, I I really I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I, I I really enjoyed the part where it like just tells you a like stories, uh like they're called dreams mm-hmm. and um they're like five minute long stories about this uh, the protagonist's life and they're written very well and I was mm, just yes. so surprised that like I feel like I completely missed this game and I'm I haven't played it in a little bit but like. Uh, for for what I have played, it it's been a blast. Those those stories that were you know the dream sequences, those short stories, yeah. they actually brought in a professional short story writer in Japan to write those. So Ooh, that's okay. why they're they're done so well. It's like a legitimate, well selling author in Japan. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm very surprised at the writing. Very surprised at the voice acting. Like everything, everything about it's good. So it'd be great to see like a remake or a remaster like in the future, but. You know, I don't I don't think I've heard from that company, Mist Walker, very much. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah. I think they're making a, like an Apple arcade game or something. So <laughs> great. Anywho, Which that's reminds me. Playing. Good luck. I'm still paying five dollars a month for that and I don't use it. <laughs> Probably should uh, get on that then. Probably should. So are you going to tell us about a game on Apple Arcade that you played this week? Uh, e- Nope. <laughs> But if uh, <laughs> if it would have been one, it probably would have been that new Shantae game, which I still want to actually play. But uh, that that was like one of the reasons that I even started subscribing to that thing in the first place. But speaking of Shantae, actually. Genie waifus. um, Yeah, uh, half genie waifu. Thank you very much. Sorry. But uh, yeah, no. So that was actually a good unintentional segue into what I was playing. Um, So I don't know if I mentioned it on the show or not. I brought it up in our Discord, which, uh, by the way, is public. And you can come join us and chat if you'd like. Uh, but I, I bought a, uh, a handheld Android based device called the Retroid pocket two, and it took forever to show up because it was shipping from, uh, China and with the, with the, the, the backstreet boys tour happening, uh, AKA the, the coronavirus. um, the the parts were sort of delayed so it took a little while but i got it uh finally this week and so i uh have been thoroughly uh involved with this thing i i bought a 256 gig micro sd and threw all of my uh roms and everything on it and i now have this really awesome little handheld where i can play like basically every retro game ever um and one of those was i started playing the original um, Shantae for the Game Boy Color, 
which was a weird one. I'll probably do a rapid fire review about it because it came out in like 2002 when the, and the GBA was already out by then. So Mm -hmm. I think actually that's a big reason why Shanti doesn't have as much of like a, a following as it might have. Like it's got a cult following for sure now, but um, I think it would have been way more popular if it had released a little bit earlier in the, in the Game Boy Color's life cycle, but uh, still a pretty solid little platformer. Um, so I, I've just been like tinkering through a bunch of my old games on that Retroid pocket lately. Um, and also still a lot of Genshin impact because that game is really good. Anime titties. It's pretty. Everybody should pretty play titties. That. That's right. <laughs> it's got, it's got all of the, the anime waifus with, with the fluffy, the fluffy titties. So doesn't look like breath of the wild at all. No, nope, it it's breasts of all. the wild. There's no, there's, there's no, there's no gliders <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> Breasts of the wild. There you go. <laughs> By the way, like I, as you were talking, I googled Retroid Pocket too, and it, it looks beautiful. Actually, it's like a like a half DS, but like with Switch uh, analogs. So it's it's a value. It's a value Vita. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. That's actually what Patron Lyle said too. He was just like, you know, I just hacked my Vita and did the same thing, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but mine looks like a Nintendo, so it's better. That matters, definitely. yeah. Like I, I got the one that has like the the gray and like uh, it's actually a Super Nintendo color scheme. It's the gray with like the purple Ooh. buttons. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty. So I'm enjoying it. It's I, I feel like it was a worthy purchase. Nice. But uh, but what about you, Chris? What what have you been up to? Uh, So I don't know if I said this already, but I beat near got all the endings. That's done. It's finished. Great. So, so we don't have to hear about it anymore. Exactly. I mean, congratulations. So we need to do an episode on it. Shane needs to play it. He'll love it. I'm sure. God so, damn it. Yeah, I'll get right on that like 300 hour experience or whatever it is. Yeah. 300 <laughs> minus 260. <laughs> My uh-huh. God. Okay. Well, that's not okay. bad. Yeah, it's only 40 hours. It's not bad. But so uh, I also played uh, El Shaddai, which is a combination. I think this came up in our Discord chat. It's a combination of Final Fantasy 13 and God of War. If they hooked up, made a bad decision, and somehow a baby ended up on a twisted Catholic priest's doorstep in about six, nine months. That's El Shaddai. Uh, so there you go. There's <laughs> There's my kind of endorsement of it uh it's i like that you treat that as though that's a very clear explanation of what it is <laughs> okay so. i have no questions i got it absolutely okay, great <laughs> move on <laughs> okay so i guess i'll back up and i'll explain it a little bit more it's 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 extremely linear and that's where you get to the final fantasy 13 comparison you're just kind of walking down a hallway it's almost like an on-rail mm. action game and then it it borrows a lot of actiony kind of elements from god of war or maybe devil may cry and i mean that a lot of it makes sense it's very stylistic just because Mm -hmm. it's former capcom developers made the game it was made by like utv ignition i think that's the name of the company made it at least published it and it has a lot of developers on there from devil may cry and okami so right there you're thinking oh my god that's a fucking amazing pedigree and then you realize it's, it's really just a bunch of pretentious bullshit. And I mean, it's it, it's interesting. It's it's based off one Enoch uh, or the Book of Enoch, as you know, more colloquially referred to, which is, you know, a, a Gnostic gospel from from 
Christian religions. The full title is called El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron, which if you listen to our last episode, <laughs> it's it's essentially, back uh, the Metatron. You're trying to turn into a dinosaur to fight Optimus Prime. No, wrong game. That makes sense. Yeah, yes, definitely. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think I'll turn out a review for it. And then I pl- platinumed a game. I got a platinum trophy for a game. And that was called Alvastia Chronicles. And that's one of my limited run physical editions, which essentially says, hey, here's an 8-bit game and play it. I'm like, OK, let me take a look. It's not bad. It's not a bad game. It's not a great game. Uh, it's not a bad game, though. And it was easy to get the platinum. It's one of those games that you see the trophy progress for everybody. And you see the platinum trophies like 66% of everyone who played it. So if you don't get the trophy, <laughs> you kind of feel like an idiot. So I was like, <laughs> I kind of have to get it. And it took me less than 20 hours to play it, and I was on leave just sitting at home playing it. So it wasn't that hard. But essentially, it's a, it's a traditional kind of RPG. It's really simple. It makes Mystic Quest look like um, Etrian Odyssey in comparison. So, yeah, there you go. It's I like, didn't think that was possible. Yeah, they made, it made Mystic Quest look challenging and, and, and thoughtful. But it's not a bad game. It's like a snack. <laughs> wow. But with that, we're going to be talking about the brief history. So as we go in this brief history, once again, we are talking about the the scariest game on your Nintendo console that's not called Sweet Home, which just sucks. But for that, we're going to turn over our brief history to Shane and Tiger. Step into the shadows of the deadliest dwelling on Earth. You've arrived at Castlevania, and you're here on business to destroy forever the curse of the evil count unfortunately everybody's home this evening bats ghosts every kind of creature you can imagine you'll find them all over the place if they don't find you first Because you've got to get through six monstrous floors before you even meet up with the master of the house. Your magic whip will help. And you'll probably find a weapon or two along the way. But once you make it to the tower, you can count on a duel to the death. The Count has waited 100 years for a rematch. He's ready. Are you? What is a horror game? A miserable little pile of secrets? Wait, no. Wrong game. If you owned a Nintendo Entertainment System in 1986, The idea of finding something even remotely frightening in the console's library, most known for plumbers, mushrooms, and occasional robot or duck, was preposterous. Horror wasn't even a genre so readily explored or expected in the early days of 8-bit gaming, even if Atari did give it a shot with Haunted House on the 2600. This lack of precedence didn't deter a thriving and innovative Konami, however. Looking to stake some success in the new Famicom disk system, Konami would set out to give players a spooky experience they would not soon forget. To help realize this vision, they would tap Hitoshi Akamatsu to direct the game's development. From the outset, Akamatsu approached the project as more of a film director rather than a video game developer. 
the result was a title that wore its inspiration on its proverbial sleeve, prominently featuring creature designs and environments heavily influenced by classic Universal monster movies and mythologies from around the globe. On September 26, 1986, the 90th anniversary of Bram Stoker's seminal horror novel Dracula, Akumajo Dracula, loosely translated as Demon Castle Dracula, would be released for the Famicom Disk System in Japan. As any title with the name Demon in it corrupts children, encourages them to murder families and eat the flesh of virgins, Nintendo of America changed the name to the more family-friendly Castlevania, releasing it in North America on May the 1st, 1987, with its Europe debut on December 19th of the following year. While it's difficult to gauge how Western critics received the game upon release, it did come out before Nintendo Power after all. Japanese critics gave it largely favorable reviews, praising the game's overall aesthetic and challenging difficulty. Castlevania would end up selling approximately 1.5 million units, a huge number for an NES game, making it the second best-selling game in the series, behind only Lords of Shadow. Castlevania's legacy would go on to be cemented by a long-running series spanning nearly every generation of home consoles, manga and graphic novel adaptations, action figures, special appearances in the popular Super Smash Bros. series, and an incredibly popular Netflix animated show. And that is your brief history of Castlevania. Thank you, Tiger. Thank you, Shane, for that for that uh, artful performance that we received Thank from you. you. Yes. I yes. Uh, Ooh. very well. Ooh. Just got a May clap. I also. S- <laughs> that that was a great performance, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised myself. <laughs> I was I was gonna say that um, Castlevania. Well, well, Simon Belmont. He was also in Captain N. That is he true. Was. That is true. He yeah. yeah. He didn't look anything like Simon Belmont, but the, the character's name was Simon Belmont. <laughs> Alternate universe. Kid Icarus looked even better. And so did Mega Man. He was great. He wasn't big and fat, though. She didn't make any sense. So it's not canonical. <laughs> I mean, also, Mega Man had a really low bar given the cover art for that thing. So in America, in America, yeah. cover out in Japan was well, on point. Well, listen, we're Amerocentric as shit. So that's all. Yeah, it's all I know, man. It's all I know. I got you. So let's start out with our personal experiences, how we all started out playing the game. Uh, Shane, I mm-hmm. guess I'll let you go first on this one. So when's the first time? Or what can you personally relate yourself to playing the original NES Castlevania? Yeah. So, okay. Weirdly enough, um, I in a, like in our Ninja Gaiden episode, I had said that I owned a copy of it for my NES uh, back in the day. But for some reason, I didn't have this. I don't know why. Like I, Looking back on my childhood, I realized I had a like very strange selection of games for the first few systems that we owned. I'm pretty sure there was like no rhyme or reason to it. It was probably just like, you know, garage sale purchases on my parents' behalf. They were just like, I don't know, that's that thing for the the Nintendo thing, right? Here you go. And so I had a bunch of weird shit and this somehow never factored in. So my experience with just like Castlevania as a whole didn't really even start until Castlevania 64, which may be a reason why I have an unwarranted amount of um, appreciation for that game because it certainly doesn't mm. deserve it. But no, I, I, uh, I didn't come back to this one until God, I don't even know. It, it had to have been after the N64 era. And by that time, um, 
let's just say it was maybe a little difficult to to go back and play the original, especially after having played something like Super Castlevania. So, so yeah, that that's me. I can't really place it exactly. Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's kind of the same way I feel about it. I I can't remember when exactly I played the first one uh, for the first time. I I don't know if it was later. It was after I played Symphony of the Night because I know I had played Castlevania games. I know I had played two and three for the NES. I don't remember mm-hmm. if I own a copy of either of them for the NES uh, before I played you know Symphony of the Night and really started getting more into the series. But I can tell you that. It's always kind of been there. It's always been hovering around. I always, I, I remember playing it. I just don't remember when. And it was always one of those games that amongst gamers, you always talked about how good Castlevania was for the NES, or at least the Castlevania series was, especially like even before Symphony of the Night came out. I, I say Symphony a lot because I think that's the new benchmark for the series. I think that's where everyone looks at the series as pre-Symphony and post-Symphony. So... Mm-hmm. Playing Castlevania before that, did I do it? Yes. I don't remember specifically how I did it, but I'm, I'm, I'm going back to words I've used in the past when it comes to the NES. It's just, especially when you're growing up with it, of course, this game came out and was like one, so I'm not going to remember its launch, but it's a game that's almost ubiquitous with the NES itself. So is it possible I played it at a friend's house uh, a lot? It's it's very possible. I just don't remember specifically until much later and like it beca- until I became a teenager. How about you, Tiger? Yeah, so being not so much a fan of the horror genre in general, the only thing I remember about Castlevania as a kid, um, I definitely didn't own it, but I do recall playing it probably at like a friend's house or I I may have even rented it or something, but uh, I only recall like playing the first level and that's like the only thing I can remember about the game at all. Um, I, it's, I remember that fucking bat. <laughs> I didn't even remember the bat, actually. Uh, wow. I'll, you know what I remembered? I remembered the stairs because that was so much different than every other Nintendo game I played. Nobody climbed stairs <laughs> like by pushing up. It was such a like a different thing. And. I don't even remember like any other game where I had to push up to go upstairs except Castlevania. And that's like the main thing that stood out for me about Castlevania. That's great. Like of, of all the yeah. things of like the, the music or like the artwork or the gameplay, you're just like, man, those stairs though. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> seriously, it stood out for me. No, Was I mean, it not the fair. same for anyone else? <laughs> No, no, no. I no, I get I mean, what I you're most, saying for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most people, I mean, I guess like most people are used to ladders because that's what you got in Mario and that's what you got in Zelda. Well, and, and also Ninja like e- jumping vertically. If you're going upstairs, you just push forward and you walk up the stairs. But <laughs> yeah, but I guess they wanted to separate going upstairs versus keep like, continuing to go forward. So right. obviously you had to push up to go up the stairs. So, yeah. I'm surprised you don't remember the bats or the Medusa heads or the crows or I didn't even get to the Medusa, the Medusa heads. Yeah, I was going to say, if he only I was played in level the first one. level, he wouldn't even gotten yeah. to those. Yeah, that's, yeah, they start in level yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. They start in so. level two. So the basic plot of Castlevania, I think we already know this. I think a lot of you already know this. But in case you don't, I'll humor you mm. and say the plot is to kill Dracula. What? Ba, 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 ba. Is that who that was at Here. the end? <laughs> that's, yeah, that guy. Wow. Uh, he's actually, that's, that's interesting because... In the American, so I'm reading. I'm reading the the Japanese 
story. So what, what Shane read in his his great uh, uh, Carlos Burloff voice at the beginning. Is that, is that his name, Carlos Burloff? It, or, I don't know. Not. <laughs> what, but you just invented Bur- someone, so good on you. I, I thought it was the name. I thought it was the guy from Thriller. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of going for a little bit more of a Vincent Price vibe, honestly. But Vincent Price, there it is. Yeah. That's his name. That's the guy I was thinking of. So you know, it's close. It's the same, in the same ballpark, right? But yeah, um, definitely close to Carlos. That, that's, yes, Carlos and Vincent, <laughs> they're right there. Sure. But like, I'm reading the Japanese manual, at least a translated one, and you know, they specifically say Dracula, 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 Dracula. Well, I don't was. Was was Dracula was Bram Stoker's Dracula public domain at that time? I like I don't know. Like they they stay away. It's the Count. Yeah, I don't I, know that's if it's a good they question. Say Dracula. I th- I want to say I think it would have been by that time. Like I mean, Bram Stoker. It was what the ninetieth anniversary or something, right? So pretty sure right. that went into public domain way before this. So I I don't know. I don't know if it was some sort of like you know potential copywriting issue with Universal specifically. Um, or, or what the deal is because you're right. They don't actually specifically uh, yeah. mention Dracula in there at all. Yes. Yeah, so that was a little weird because that, that could have been a selling point. I mean, that's obviously in the name of the Japanese game, you know, Akumajo Dracula. Right. But in, in the manual, when they're talking about the plot. They actually get pretty detailed about the lore in Castlevania and how it, he resurrects every 100 years. And Christopher Belmont was the last Belmont to slay Dracula and all that shit. Do you get that in the American version? No. You definitely do not. <laughs> Which you get. It's so weird because it says that shit, but with no context. Like at the end when it's just like, he's been waiting a hundred years. And you're like, for wh- why though? Like, I just, I just showed up today. <laughs> and there's like, yeah, there's like, no context. Like he's just Dracula, man. Like you just got to kill Dracula. Yeah. But. Yeah, they get they get pretty they get pretty into it in the Japanese one, which is is, is kind of typical, I would imagine. But yeah, like that's where the entire lore, like afterwards when they have this hundred year resurrection, which carries on later in the series, that was firmly established in the first one in Japan. We just didn't get that. I think that was a lot to do with the fact that you know if a series wasn't successful, why bother fucking bringing it over? So they could get to it later if Castlevania was successful in the United States, and then they did do that but castlevania 2 kind of ruined that entire aspect for the 100 year shit but that's a completely different story well yeah i say we, we could go down a whole other path on that one like the fact that the the creators of the game have gone on record as saying that they kind of regret like establishing the whole canon for the thing in the first place but because it tends to kind of box you in a little bit but um i'm curious because you were the one looking through the japanese manual do they actually name Simon Belmont in that manual at all. According to the sources I'm looking at, yes. See, okay, we got jack shit over here because I looked no. through the entirety of the the North American manual and they do not mention the name Simon Belmont or the Belmont family anywhere in there. The only time you get anything, I believe, is the credits in the game and you are listed as Simon Belmondo, which was a mistranslation. That's like the best you get. So yeah, they do mention it in... Japanese manual. That's so weird. It's totally there. And you think it'd be swapped because in Japan that you could enter your name as mm-hmm. as the save file because you could save to an FDS disk. You can't right. save to at the time unless you had a battery and batteries were expensive and like so only limited games had batteries like Zelda. So it's saved money to not release the NES cart with a battery. So 
if you're not going to mention the character's name, it would make much more sense to do it in the NES game or the, the Famicom Disk System game where you enter the character's name rather than the NES game where you can't. And that is a character you're playing as, which was you know expected at the time. Right. Anyone else have anything to say about the fantastic story and writing of Castlevania? I just want to jump and hit and hit people with whips and uh, whip it good yeah, and beat bosses and get a high score. <laughs> Well, speaking of speaking the gameplay, um, hey. I guess that's that's really where the meat of that discussion is going to be. Because yeah, let's let's be real there. There wasn't a whole lot of plot involved, at least not at the beginning. A, a lot of the Castlevania mythos definitely developed over time later in the series, but for this first entry, uh, it was basically just Dracula, vampire man is bad, and he he done needs to get killed. I so. thought he was just lost and just looking for directions, so he just go to the castle to see, like you know, figure out where he's going. <laughs> where is the village? <laughs> Can anybody tell me? And then he got stuck we in this need castle. To talk to the architect that built this place. This is not OSHA compliant. <laughs> oh, the nice Belmonts are here. They'll show me my way to the village. No. Oh, why are you whipping me? <laughs> I mean, don't stop, but also why? Oh, it hurts oh, so is it that good. kind of game? Oh, oh. no. <laughs> uh, so anyway, gameplay, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. About that. I thought you said foreplay. Oh, oh well, no. that's an easy mistake to make. Yeah, it's a mistranslation. Mm-hmm. It's all a game. <laughs> Do anybody want to take that? or? <laughs> I mean, uh... So in any case, yeah, the, the gameplay, let's... let's not... Let's not whip this to shreds. Let you guys lead. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, the the gameplay, essentially, you are Simon Belmont, as we have already established a long time ago. Allegedly. Or you can name yourself if you're in Japan. And you, you, you go from left to right. It's a platformer. And you get a whip. And every single time you press B, you whip. And it's it's I think it's deliberately stiff and deliberately uh, there's a deliberate delay. And how you do things. And, of course, you have sub-weapons like the axe, the cross, uh, the timer, and, of course, the the cheat button, which is called the holy water. And, yeah, you just – you got to hit enemies that are strategically placed to make you absolutely and totally frustrated. Not to mention moving platforms uh, that you have to jump on while enemies like Medusa heads and bats try to interrupt all of your <laughs> that shit. sounds familiar. Yes. <laughs> huh. <laughs> That's yeah, like the 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 eight bit era was just just fully cemented birds as just the biggest assholes of the animal kingdom. <laughs> that is that is birds what, that's my takeaway here though from this. Birds aren't the biggest assholes in this game though. Eh, I guess that's pretty true. assholey. Yeah, they're, they're that's the bats. I think that's, it's stage anything three. that flies. They're all pretty assholey. <laughs> yeah, they all. What suck. stage did you say? Stage three, the one where you have to. It's like you're in a cave. And you have to jump on the platforms, and you have the mermen jumping out. You mean oh, you mean stage ten? Yeah, whatever. Right, right, the, yeah. The, the stages because they are, do it in threes or something. So, so <laughs> for 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 everyone to understand, like every single time you you go from like you go into a door into another area, there's a stage counter at the top. It's like what 15, 16 stages in total. It's, I think there's eighteen. Yeah. Like every single time you move over, it's a stage. But when we yeah. say stage, when I say level, like the first level. Yeah. It like ends with the bat boss, but the bat boss is yeah. actually the end of stage, stage three or four or some yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. So when I say stage three, I mean level three, not stage yeah. three. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I think most people you, understand. You talk that. about the one where you're in the cave and that's where yes. shit starts going down. Yeah, that's when it gets fucking irritating. 
Yeah, I, I think no, Level 2 I'm does, there. That, does that shit too. But you're, you're in there. stage three, and you're trying to jump on a platform, and all of a sudden a bat comes out, almost like Ninja Gaiden style, and fucking wrecks yep. your day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. My, my favorite part of that level was just getting onto the the moving platforms and then needing to duck just at the right moment. Or, or Yeah, get, you always get pushed off. off the first time because you're like, oh, I'm supposed to duck. Yeah. And then I could tell. And then if you duck, that's <laughs> I don't know. Actually, is that the one you're talking about, Chris? That moment where yes. you have to duck and then the bat also flies directly into your face? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. That's bullshit. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it either. Like absolutely nothing. <laughs> you just you got to hit him with your whip. Yeah. You just gotta take uh, it. Yeah. Can I can I say that I did not take this game seriously at all? until we 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 announced that we were going to do this podcast so i played this game um what once two weeks ago and i played it just like now like the last like three hours Mm -hmm. and i beat them both times but i got this game fresh in my mind and i i want to say what pisses me off (laughs) about this game oh great all right this will be different from the ninja gaiden episode so go for it no well yeah well yeah pretty much it's almost the same i was gonna say it's it's pretty much Ninja Gaiden. Like almost <laughs> everything is exactly the same, except you don't have a sword. You have a whip, and you're way slower and way stiffer. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, when you you know when you when you fall, not jump and fall, but when you just straight up like walk off a cliff, you just you, zoom down. Like <laughs> yeah. gravity is like so much stronger. Yeah, you drop like you a fucking, fucking rock as soon as you're like a rock. Yeah. A, yeah. You're not an agile oh. ninja. You're a medieval, like loincloth wearing, you know, like idiot. That, that's, you're a, that's you're, like you're a medieval thick boy, is what we're saying. Yes, go yeah. on. Oh my goodness! Like, <laughs> I, and like, it just dying that way, like accidentally going too far, like it's ultra. It makes you angry. It makes me angry. <laughs> I don't know if it makes you angry. It makes me angry. Uh, but in this, like, I see similarities in Ninja Gaiden. Like, there's like. The monkeys that, first of all, they're monkeys dropped by birds. Uh, <laughs> they're flea men. They're not monkeys. They're that is why oh, is that what they birds are, are the assholes. Men. That's why. The, 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 the monkeys are flea men? Yes, they're flea men. So what What are they? Are they're they tiny, not? They're tiny people. Uh, I ah, believe okay. canonically, according well, to the manual, they are hunchbacks, actually. Thank you very much. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Well, those same correct. those same things were in Ninja Gaiden, so I could handle those guys no problem. But just being dropped by birds, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I was saying. Birds carpet bombing you with little like flea men hunchbacks is one of the one of the <laughs> key reasons. King king asshole of the animal kingdom. Yeah, if, right and there. if you don't know how flea men react and how they move, you're pretty much fucked. Those things are going to hit you like three or four times before you can do anything. So that's the thing with and that like, stage is like if you can time it, if you can hit the flea men like as soon as they drop and hit the ground, then they're not a problem. So if your timing is oh, yeah. really oh, yeah. good, you're fine. But the moment you let one of them start jumping around, it turns immediately into complete chaos. <laughs> <laughs> like the last uh, stage? It's like, the last they, it's like they give you they give you that one level to like you know we want to see if you can really get this down so let's make you walk you know like 50 miles on this stage with just birds dropping oh what you say flea men yes so flea men that's all you do for like this long period of time when you're walking left to right you got it down good because you you won't be you won't be able to get to the last boss unless you figure this out (laughs) 
But actually, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Ninja Gaiden Tiger, because like when yeah. we were doing the Ninja Gaiden episode, we brought up how the developers and they're making the game. They wanted to make the gameplay like Castlevania and Super Mario Brothers. So uh-huh. one of the things in this game is I noticed how Ninja Gaiden borrowed more from Mario Brothers, which is like you just keep going forward. It's you just got to keep moving forward and running and keep going. Castlevania, I think, rewards you more for being patient and, and uh, soaking everything in, making your decisions. Most and of knowing the time. what the enemies do. I right. I most will of the agree time. with. I was gonna say I will agree with you, except that last part with the bats. Oh, the last level, very last level. No. Um. Well, yeah, it's the last level, but you start off like going across like the little bridge. Oh, yeah, little fuck bridge, that level. But yeah, <laughs> it's literally run, run for your life, and hope that you make it. <laughs> yeah, and hope that the RNG isn't so fucked up that like, or you jump at the exact <laughs> wrong moment that the bat comes up off through the floor. And you I get gotcha. knocked back. I got gotcha. you back off a cliff. Yeah, actually, I did. I did figure out that there is a way to jump so that no matter the RNG, you can still jump over it. So um, that that took a lot of dying to figure out, though. So, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you yeah, have to I'm, hope it, that you get your holy water back. And you were saying about the holy water, like it's some sort of like, well, someone was saying it was some sort of like broken weapon. Like it's I didn't really like I didn't really like the holy water, so I guess I never so, found out why. <laughs> well, for, for boss every fights boss in particular, it's basically a win button for the most part. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I know for the last boss, like that was like the best way to like beat him. Yeah. But like, every every boss, everyone else. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I <laughs> like in the notes, I put death, the fight with death as an example, because that's a really good one. Like as soon as he spawns, like up in the right hand corner of like the boss arena, just if you have the holy water, if you just jump up there and just start chucking it. Like he he gets stun locked and then he never moves and yeah. you just kill him. Like it's not. Oh. Yeah. And that happens. You yeah. don't have to worry about his scythes coming at you. Yeah. They don't even show stops. up. Huh. Yeah. Very nice. But I mean, going back real quick to the controls, I know Chris, I think, has a different like viewpoint on this than uh, apparently either Tiger or myself. But I will say that uh, for the record, I have eased a little bit off on my criticism of the controls in Castlevania, having gone back and played it recently again for this episode. Um, I think time kind of colored my perception of just like, yeah, fuck mm. that game. But like, Playing it again, I mean, it's still pretty sluggish and really stiff. And honestly, there are times where I personally feel like you're almost fighting against the controls of the game just as much as the enemies that are on the screen. Um, The fact that, like, almost every enemy in the game can move faster and maneuver better than you can is, like, kind of frustrating in and of itself. But it's it really comes back to that knockback. I think that's the biggest issue that I have with it. And fucked up back. It's the knockback is just the worst, man. But don't get hit. Yeah, right. Exactly. Just don't be bad at it and, and you'll be fine, which is great. Yeah. You know, he just got to get good. difficulty, dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like I said, I, I've eased off a little bit on that. Um, it actually controls a little bit better than what I remembered, but it's it's still it can be rough in some spots. And just the fact that like you can't like you have no control over your you know, trajectory once you commit to a jump also can be very, very frustrating, especially when you have, you know, birds or bats flying into your face. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I will, I will say that I, I also feel that, well, I feel that the controls are not, they're not that bad. Um, 
I I believe that they're similar to a Ninja Gaiden, but like I mean, I guess they both they both have similar controls. Um, but yeah, like Castlevania is definitely a lot more stiff. And but as as a kid playing the game, I remember like having no problem with it, and I don't think it's anything that should be seen as a what makes the game bad. Well, no, not necessarily like but, bad, but I mean, just frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also remember like, you know, for, for my personal experience, like I, I got really into the Castlevania series with all of like the handheld titles, like the GBA games and everything. That's where I got I really thought you were heavy say into Tiger it. Electronics. Oh, I mean that too, you know, but, <laughs> um, but that's when I got really into the Castlevania series. So those 2d platformers, you know, were basically the like the ultimate refinement of like the symphony of the night formula and then going backwards ruined it yeah completely ruined my experience (laughs) of this game so you know take that with a little bit of a grain of salt so i i actually i i lean towards more of what tiger is saying and i'll take it even further i think the controls work exactly for the kind of game it wanted to be i think it's very deliberate i think that yes you're sluggish as simon belmont but the enemies don't move all that fast either it's like so going back to the ninja gaiden comparison like these birds are flying at you at 100 fucking miles an hour ninja gaiden you don't have that (laughs) you don't have that in castlevania not to mention like there's there's no stupid ass respawn you don't got that to be fair attacking with the sword was way quicker than this whip yeah right but i don't care if it was intentional or not that like half second (laughs) delay from button press to whip is is not great it does not feel good yeah and and that makes it that makes it a timing based game i mean i I said before ninja gaiden was a timing based game but this definitely like (laughs) castlevania is a rhythm game much more timing based (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, pretty much like you have to have the pattern in your head castlevania like as I'm as I'm playing through that uh, the, this damn game and dying over and over again, it's like okay, so I have to do it. I have to walk up to this point, jump over to this point, make sure I push the button at the right moment. You know, that's what we're doing. When we're playing these damn games. <laughs> but I, I think I, I do think the first level like really kind of eases you into it, and you have to remember oh, again, yeah. this is <laughs> it gives you a false sense of hope. That's what sure. it is. Oh, of course. But this this is also a game that was created in the arcade era. So yeah, do I think a lot of the difficulty yeah. is unfair? Yeah, sure. It's intentionally unfair. So you have to know things about the game. You have to be used to its uh, used to the lay of the whip. You have to know certain things about enemies. Uh, you have to know certain things about their patterns in order to conquer levels. This is not this is not something that is different in many NES games. Mega Man did the same. And you shit. know what else? What's that? You have to find the turkey or the chicken. That was pork chop. That's pork chop. Yeah, yeah, whatever I, that bitch okay. is, like I, I was like, to I need to find that. that bitch because holy shit! <laughs> I refuse to accept that canonically that is a pork chop. According to the North American manual, <laughs> it is a pork chop. That shit is a chicken leg, chop, and like no I will chop. never, I will never think any different. <laughs> it is wall How chicken. How's it not a when, roast? I call it a turkey. It's wall meat. Well, it's wall chicken. I call it meat. It's meat. Yeah. I like turkey legs from like you know theme parks, so that's what I think of. Oh, there you I go. always think of like a roast, but. I can understand turkey because it kind of evolved into that, like the beat 'em ups and the ones that always fill all your health and beat 'em ups are always like turkey that you find in a trash can. So, you know, trash can, turkey, <laughs> ball meat, ah, same fucking turkey. thing. Yeah. yeah. Trash turkey. Give me life. Freshly me banked, life. freshly baked trash turkey. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, I like the gameplay. And uh, have you guys seen the Eagle Raptor video about this comparing it to Castlevania 4 too? I'm have, sure you yes. have. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot I of good not. points and why Castlevania is not a bad game control wise. Mm -hmm. All right. So so what about or graphically? The, I say, what about the visual representation, though? For 1986, it's great. Yeah, I, I, I think it's yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah, I made a note of just saying that I thought that, you know, I mean, some some of the set piece moments I actually just really appreciated. I mean, there's a moment in one of the early to mid levels. I don't remember exactly which one it is where you see like Dracula's tower in the background for the first time, like as you're going along, which I thought was really cool. And then like when you get to the end and you're like ascending the staircase to his tower with like the big crescent moon in the background and everything like for yeah for for, yeah. for the time like that was that was very like i won't say cinematic necessarily but it's a really great presentation looks cheesy me, as fuck today though <laughs> i still me, it was like reminiscent it. to it was reminiscent to uh, ninja gaiden i mean ninja gaiden came out later but like i, I had more you know i i'm gonna say i know ninja gaiden more so like when you walk up the stairs and you see the castle in the distance it reminded me like when ninja gaiden did that cinematic to see like that uh the tower in the distance so yeah I, I saw the similarity that they used from probably you know probably inspired from castlevania i will say though at the beginning i think there were supposed to be trees in the background and that whole like first stage before you go in like it's really a mess but <laughs> i think it's supposed to be a mess you know being a horror game and everything's supposed to be like broken and kind of messy yeah, and Dr Dracula i think that's the way it was supposed no to look yard manager he ain't got no lawn maintenance <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> uh so you know i think it i think it fit it fit the setting but like man it was it, it was a lot of there's a lot of stuff back there going on a lot of a lot of pixels <laughs> so many pixels. <laughs> a lot of pixelations now but i mean if we keep drawing the comparisons to ninja gaiden and i guess like another one is just the the difference i think in the the visual presentation because one of the things that we had noted in the ninja gaiden episode was just that like the color palette felt really washed out most of the time and um, you, you definitely don't have that here. I think Konami, Absolutely as much not. as I hate to give them any sort of praise, um, I, I guess <laughs> retroactively, I can say that they made some pretty good use of the color palette for the NES. I'll praise Konami in the 80s and 90s all day, man. It's just you know, they suck today. That's fine. Fuck Konami now. But yeah, yeah. You look back dang. then and, and what they did. Dang. <laughs> dang. Yeah. Fuck Poor Konami. Uh, no, not poor Konami. Fuck them. But I love DDR. I love you. <laughs> I love yeah, you, Konami. Whatever. They killed DDR too. <laughs> Enjoy your pajama They kind of did. Get, be quite honest. Don't don't simper don't simper stand for Konami now. Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Hashtag simping for Konami. <laughs> don't. <laughs> no. 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 No, don't, don't worry. A lot of us, we, we don't like Konami. A lot of us yeah. don't like Konami. Yes, that's we correct. Just, we just still enjoy the games that they... That All they I want is for Konami past. to just release their death grip on their IPs and like hand them off to a studio that will actually uh. do them justice. That's all I ask. Well, they're going to wait until Castlevania becomes undead before they do that. Hey, oh, anyway. You know, hey. I was going to say, hey. you don't like just all the skins just being released in Bomberman? Is that not enough? Yeah, no, it's, it's real. It's real good. <laughs> it's real good. <laughs> The fact that they own Hudson is a travesty. In any case, back to the graphics yeah. is one of the things that I put here in the notes is the their use of contrasting color palettes. Mm. And like there's a color wheel, and I, I used to know a little bit more about this, but like colors, like they're opposite of each other. So a big one is like purple and orange. So that's why you'll see a lot of 
like dark colors against orange and reds because they they make it pop. They bring it out. So that's that's why, you know, Simon's like more orange, more tan. And a lot of the backgrounds are more purple. It's made him stand out. Even the scene that you have with the with the moon in the background, when you're walking up the steps. It's a purple background or bluish background. The moon is very yellow, very orange. And it's and there's some greens and they knew how to use color with the limited palette of the NES hardware or Famicom hardware when they were developing, of course. So I, I do have to give that credit there. It really brings out every single sprite, enemy type and environment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's not a, really what you got back then. I'll say there's a reason that every movie poster for the last like decade has been just some variation of blue and orange. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a color spectrum technique. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it, it does it does work well, and I think they put it. I thought to they good were effect. Ga- I thought they were Florida Gator fans. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, no one's a Florida Gator fan for real. It was Florida. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> fans in Florida are like the weather. Fair. Damn. Debatable. Whew. But um, no. So <laughs> I like the fair. What? <laughs> I like <laughs> fried I like dough. Fair. I'm gonna get me yeah. a corn dog. Oh God! Elephant ears. <laughs> One last thing on like the, I suppose, graphics before we move on, not necessarily (laughs) graphics per se, but I just need to give a shout out to the cover art for this game because it's awesome. It's always been awesome. Um, I don't know if you can find that information out. I'd love to know that. But for the record, it's just really great, especially in an era when that could be super hit or miss. Um, And again, this is the second time this episode I've brought it up. But North American version of Mega Man, definitely looking at you. Because that is, who boy. Iconic. The word's iconic. <laughs> Legendary. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, did you did you find it, Chris? Or I found it was based off of, I didn't find the actual uh, artist. It's based off the artist Frank Frazetta, but I don't think that's, that's the artist. It was based off a painting called the norseman from 1972 oh yeah that's yeah yeah yeah. i I know what you're talking about because that's where the simon belmont's like figure comes from yeah it's like a one-to-one from that they did that a lot back then actually that's one of the reasons that i think it was castlevania 3 um they had to change the cover art i think for the north american version because it had dracula like on a balcony in the background of it but they had to remove that because it was basically ripped directly from um the Curse of Strahd D&D Adventure Module book. Fun fact on that one. Nice. Yeah. So the graphics may not be the most appealing music to your ears, but the sound is. Is that a great segue? Wow. I don't think that's good. <laughs> we did it, everybody. There it is. We're here. Yeah. But the graphics are really good, so that made no sense. In any case, <laughs> is that a yeah. requirement to, to segue? <laughs> no, it's not. But we uh, just do okay. it. No, but we, I we just try really to... like listening to Chris tr- just try to make that work great yeah it did mm-hmm. it landed with a thud yeah that's great it just does. like simon it's... belmont when you walk off a ledge hey hey oh. he doesn't make a sound either <laughs> but you know what does there make sound go. this soundtrack <laughs> which is jamming <laughs> salvaged great yep we brought it back yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't think there's a ton that we necessarily need to say here. I mean, the mu- the music's good. Like, it's just good. Like, I, I appreciate the music from this game more than actually, I think, playing the game for the record. <laughs> but oh yeah, uh, the music's iconic at this point for Castlevania. You hear, you hear Vampire Killer or Wicked Child, and you know immediately what those game, what that game, what game it's from. God damn it, you know what it's from. Mm-hmm. 
it's fucking Castlevania. I mean, they they played it out in all the other games. So, yeah, it's a Castlevania theme. Uh, composers for the soundtrack were uh, Kinu- Kinuyo. Kinuyo? I don't Kinuyo. know. You're the weeb, man. You should be able to say this. I know. I don't know why I can't say this. This is hard for me Kinuyo to say. Yamashita. Kinuyo Yamashita and uh, Satoi Tarashima. Uh, you got Both it. of them composed uh, the album, both, both female composers, and they did a fantastic oh. job. Nice. Uh, can't find anything on Satoi Terashima, but I guess Kinyo Yamashita did did a little bit more. I, I think what's what's bigger about the soundtrack, actually, what's what's the biggest part about the soundtrack is again, you go back to 1986. Yeah. And I don't, I can't remember. I'm not even going to say that this is the first game to really have a banging soundtrack for the NES or any sort of mainstream video game. But this is one of those soundtracks in 1986. You didn't expect this from a video game. This wasn't the kind of soundtrack that you you would expect to hear you were expecting to hear like mario very repetitive very bouncy very happy uh not much creativity really behind it not you know dismissing koji kondo's work because i think he's a fantastic composer i mean he's make catchy tunes but this was more developed it was more uh advanced than what you would expect from your typical nes game yeah had, had a little bit more I, nuance I, I, to it i suppose is what you're trying to say i was going to say nuance i wanted to stay away from that word but sure that works <laughs> I don't care. I'll be pretentious. That's fine. Hooray. They could fit the theme that it was going for. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There you go. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, I, I, I will go ahead and say that, like, for me, the music, I mean, being the fact that I died over and over again, I can remember the music, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I, it better be something that I enjoy listening to if I'm dying. Yeah. That one's a banger. The, the first right level there. stands out so much for me. But, uh, I will say that a few of the tracks didn't really stick out for me, but I also think that's also goes along with the fact that I'm just not into like the, the dark horror genre and it kind of goes along with it. It's not supposed to be some happy, happy, energetic beat, you know? So, yeah, um, that's fair, but yeah, but I, I, in, in general, I think the, the music is good. It's not just some random, you know, notes put together to, <laughs> to make a video game that's, that's high praise yeah. like yeah they they knew what they were doing when they yeah. made music yeah. fantastic it's like they were a, a composer what? and they they knew what notes to put together to make it sound dark and horrorish compare it compare it to zelda for example like the legend of zelda yeah. which mm-hmm. also came out in the famicom disc system around the same time like five songs for, or something like that legend of zelda you had the overworld oh, yeah. map and you had the dungeon map and they're very, very repetitive. And again, the overworld map for Zelda, as we said in that episode, is iconic. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So but it's you, like really short and, and then just loop it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get yeah. that with Castlevania. It's it's That's more true. developed. Absolutely. And, and I, I, I will point that. out that the one thing that always stands out to me is um, I, I just really appreciate how with the hardware that they were working with, that they managed to make this sound like a pipe organ, like, you know, just a gothic pipe, pipe organ is is just great. Now I know like Tiger was saying that not necessarily his bag or whatever and that's fine, but I I really appreciated that that like from from what they were working with they were they were able to get that vibe. All right, so let's go into some miscellaneous shit because I think we the music everyone agrees that music's good, yeah? Real good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. So this is where we're going to have to discuss a lot about just how video game development went, how they gave 
gave credit to their developers back then because video game develop developers got like shit for credit, <laughs> especially in Japan. Japan, it was fucking terrible. And if you want to know, for example, look at the credits for this game, which is just <laughs> ripping on fucking horror legends. I was surprised myself when I first I saw it for the first time. Yeah, if you you know a week ago. <laughs> yeah, my, my right. favorite is yeah. music by James Banana. That one's that one's mine right there. Yeah, it's good. But no, like Konami the, didn't doesn't care about them. Well, the the well, they still don't. Yeah, I mean, there's there is definitely like a deeper issue there talking about you know them not being properly credited. But like on a surface level, I did kind of appreciate the plays on on famous you know horror icon names. Like Boris yeah. Carl Office. That's, that's pretty good. Oh, Boris, not Carlos. Yeah, Bo- Boris Karloff. That's what you were looking for, by the way, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. What I say, Carlos? What? Carlos Vorloff? Yeah. I could have. I could have made the credits for this fucking game. You, yeah. I guess I saw it as if they saw it as like just something for funsies. Right. You know, let's be right. fun here. Let's just put some, you know. Which I think is. This isn't, what, a, this isn't a movie, you know. Yeah, like, which I think is what everybody, <laughs> when we played this, you know, back in the day, is probably exactly what everyone yeah. thought. They're like, oh, well, I mean, assuming you actually beat the damn thing. But like, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, that's that's funny. I I know those names. But, you know, I guess I guess what Chris right. is getting at is that there's a more insidious reason for why it's why it is the way it is. Well, there is a more insidious reason. I don't really want to dig into that because that can be an entirely different topic in and of itself. But the reason why it's important for Castlevania specifically Mm. is that, you know, we said in a brief history that Hitoshi Akamatsu, you know, developed this game and directed this game. But that's just from like information that we are assuming that he did that. Like the records of people who were responsible for Castlevania are largely lost. Like everything is assumed just by like interviews or, hey, were you there with this person when they worked on it back in the day? That Mm. kind of stuff. And there's been no confirmation who exactly worked on Castlevania. It's just, hey, these people are the company at the time and, and they left. And even Hitoshi Akamatsu, like he disappeared in from video games in the 1990s. And they haven't been able to find him and interview him and say, hey, you know, we're, you, the creator of the Castlevania franchise for the first three first three games. You know, what was it like? They they don't know. So that's how bad giving credit to the developers in Japan was at the time. And it wasn't just Konami. A lot of companies did it. Yeah. But you generally have a better idea of who made games like like if you go to Sega and Nintendo I think it's just because they stuck along, stuck around longer, and mm-hmm. they were more successful than Konami was. Because yeah, Castlevania sold a ton of games, but it wasn't was it selling enough games? Apparently for Konami, like unless it's selling twenty million units, it's, it's a disappointment, almost like Square Enix. But that's a that's a deep <laughs> cut. Well, you know, on one hand, it almost it feels like insane that nobody seems to know who actually worked on this game, right? Because we live yeah. in an era where you have to sit through 20 minutes of credits at the end of a movie now. And so there's a very clear record of who was involved in a project. Um, and same goes for, for video games. But then at the same time, like I kind of think about it and like, if you remove yourself from like, you know, just the video game industry and think about anything else, like some other software project at some other company, right? It, it's actually not that unusual Right. Because like it's not like you're going to know like, oh, yeah, these 20 people are exactly the ones that wrote this software application that, you know, this company is using or whatever. Like most most companies have no 
friggin' idea after a number of years. So I guess it depends on how you look at it. But I will say that on some level, especially because it is, you know, a spoop game, that you could say that this uh, lends some some air of mystery to the game. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It was made by ghosts. Somewhere in the development basement of Konami, when they aren't torturing their employees, they're creating games. Legends say that games are still being made in the dark recesses of Konami headquarters. The sounds of pachinko machines echoing down the halls. They put the souls of their developers into pachinko balls. (laughs) All I got is happy Halloween, bros. (laughs) Happy Halloween. That's all I got. So I I could be wrong, but I feel like maybe this is an indication that we should probably start wrapping the conversation up. (laughs) What makes you say that? (laughs) Just just a hunch back. Uh, So I I think unless anybody else wants to touch on anything real quick, um, I feel like we've probably said all we need to say about about OG Castlevania. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So let's let's wrap this up. Let's let's tell everybody mm. uh, whether or not we think it holds up today. Should you go back and play the original NES Castlevania? Mm. So Tiger, go. Uh, okay. So I will say the first time that I played this game, I probably died like you know fifty to a hundred times. It's a rookie number. <laughs> like literally. Like and lucky for me, like the the first time I played this, you know, probably a week ago or so. I'm so glad that I had save states because I was playing it on uh, the NES Mini. Mm. And I'm not sure if it was the original game. You know, I hacked it or whatever. But anyway, I'm so glad that I had those save states because fuck <laughs> this game, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, uh, it, it doesn't help that I like, like I said earlier, I don't like the horror genre. So like Ninja Gaiden, I was totally into but like this game was just like just killing me. But ultimately, if I have to like try to be as neutral as I can, like leaving that out, like it's a great, it's a fun game to play. I think similar to what I said about Ninja Gaiden, it is heavily timing based. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game does well at saying, hey, you can beat this game. Uh, just 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 get to you know the third level and just see how you do you know <laughs> so it it really it starts off pretty easy you know and once you get to that part where okay you're gonna you're we're gonna see what you're made of uh that might be the part where you might be like okay maybe i'm done <laughs> so uh the, the 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 question is does this game hold up today uh it holds up for that special type of someone that is looking for a like a challenge and uh whether that challenge is considered fair or not i guess that's debatable (laughs) uh but i i think it's something that if you're into the nes go for it do your thing but like as far as like the castlevania series there are better castlevania games that you can play 
such as was previously said, Symphony of the Night. Castlevania 64. Uh, which, would, which would probably be no. the, uh, the, the game that I would prefer to recommend to people that haven't played the Castlevania series before. So Fair enough. Yeah, so, you know, I'm kind of Good like, take. eh, about it. But, yeah. Uh, so, I think my sentiments on this are going to be pretty similar to Ninja Gaiden in that I like the idea of this game more than the game itself. Um, I, I love the music. I love the atmosphere. I I love the, you know, the, the creature design and the whole thing that they're trying to go for here. I am all about it. I really am. But it just it comes back to that same like Nintendo hard thing that they had going at that time. And I for whatever it's worth, I, I got about to I think the fourth level is the one where the the boss is the Frankenstein and the little Igor guy. Um, yeah. That was about my breaking point. <laughs> I got that far wow. and then I was just like, well, I'm done. And um, and, yeah. and that was even with save states. I just I don't know, man. Like it's, it's rough. Like I said, it's rough to go back to. I mean, when it came out, sure. Like the, you know, you didn't really have anything else. So you, you either played these kind of things or you just fucking didn't play video games, I guess. But it does it hold up today. Eh, I, I, I'm not really sure. Like I think Tiger's right. Unless you're someone who really, really has a penchant for, you know, these kind of old school 8-bit platformers. Um, I think you could do a lot better. And, you know, Symphony of the Night is definitely an excellent entry point into the Castlevania series. I would also highly recommend pretty much any of the, uh, you know, like uh, Game Boy Advance titles. Those were all incredibly solid. So, yeah, man, I don't know. It's like kind of a solid meh for me as well. Okay. What about you, Chris? Hey, everybody. Um, I guess I'm one of those people that's just a sadist for Nintendo games because <laughs> I think... I actually, I think this game holds up well. Is it difficult? Yes. It's Nintendo hard. And if you've never played it before, yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked. Uh, prepare to die. I think that's the term for all your youths. I think that's what they say for for difficult games. Yeah, you, it's it's a hard game. It's it's not easy. And there's a lot of level memorization. This is this is the arcade era where level memorization is the best way you can you can conquer the game and work your way through knowing the best weapons knowing where enemies are coming from knowing how to approach that but i think if you like that kind of game castlevania does a really good job of doing that i think it really it's it's not perfect of course but it's like it seems like the first time they went for this kind of game style they smashed it out of the park and i understand people complain oh you're slow there's a delay at the whip and i can't turn when i jump and i have to commit and it's not it's not holding my hand and making it easy for me no it's not it's supposed to be a difficult game and once you learn how to play it well then you can get through this game in less than an hour easily it's it's not a hard game to beat in less than half an hour and it won't take you that long to really learn the mechanics it's not as hard as Ninja Gaiden. It's not as frustrating as that game. I can say that for sure. That is it rewards true. you for being patient. It rewards you for taking your time. But also realize it also rewards you for realizing when the perfect time to, uh, the perfect time not to do that when it's time to move. And I understand it's kind of jarring, but once you learn it all and it fits together, it makes a complete game experience. Now, is it the best Castlevania in this style? No. And I, when people say, "Well, place Castlevania Symphony of the Night." I wouldn't say that if you're looking for this style of game. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is a completely different style of game. It's in the same series, but it's not even the same style of game. 
But if you want to play games that are similar to this style of game that I believe are better, uh, Castlevania 3, even though that is uh, ex- ex- explicitly, excruciatingly more difficult than Castlevania 1. Um, you got Bloodlines, uh, which is a Genesis game, which is fantastic, uh, which is it's better than this game and has still keeps the same kind of themes and, and gameplay style. Same with Rondo of Blood has a lot of the same elements, especially if you play Dracula X on the Super Nintendo, which I do recommend the PC Engine version over that. I think that's that's everyone knows that. And of course, uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, which is the retro inspired version of Bloodstained, mm-hmm. which essentially is a more streamlined, uh, easier version of Castlevania 3. So if you'd like this experience, you'd like this kind of gameplay, but it's just a little too hard for you, go with those games. But overall, if you do like to challenge yourself, if you do like to give yourself a you know a little bit of difficulty and and master a game, yeah, Castlevania 100% absolutely holds up. See, this is the part where Chris gets to to be like, well, if you want to play like Babby mode, then I guess you could go like do these other things. That's all right, man. We got we got like what like a year or so, and we're gonna talk about yeah. Dark Souls, and then it's gonna be a whole different ball game. Hey, man, they have. I think they have an easy mode for this game in Japan for baby's first platformer. Ooh, really? I need. Okay, I need to get that ROM. I gonna. I was also gonna say like, <laughs> someone said one of you guys said like the, the enemies are slow. Well, they are then, slow. Then there's hard mode after you beat the game. <laughs> uh, has anyone? Uh, <laughs> conquered that i haven't tried it i'll be honest i have not tried yeah. it yeah it, it, it it's it's dumb right right hard <laughs> mode yeah hard mode yes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, all boy. right well i think uh having said all of that we're gonna go ahead and start wrapping this here thing up so uh so tiger where uh where can folks find you on the internets if they would like to reach out and 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 chat well, for some reason, uh, you want to hit me up on the uh, internets, then I can be found on the Twitter at L-P-T-Y-G-E-R, L-P-Tiger. All right. And as for us, um, I mean, if you're listening to this, then you have already found the show. So congrats. Hello. Here you are. Um, if you'd like to engage further, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Like I said earlier in the episode, the Discord is public, so you can head on over to bit.ly slash rhpchat and you'll get an invite um, and you can come hang out with us and our patrons and the other fans of the show. Um, we usually have a pretty good time in there. Um, if you would like to contact us on social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram primarily. Just look for Retro Hangover, you'll find us. Uh, we also do have our Patreon running. Um, so if for some crazy banana pants reason, you actually want to uh, contribute to the show in that sort of fashion, you could head over to bit.ly slash RH patron and choose the donation tier of your choice. And we'll be forever grateful. Uh, and finally, we do have a merch store with some pretty cool stuff. Um, we just had a new uh, coffee mug that we put in there that one of our patrons is very pleased with. He just got in the mail recently. Um, it looks amazing. Yeah. So if you'd uh, like to check that out, that's at bit.ly slash RHP merch. And uh, Chris, why don't you uh, take a second to talk a little bit about our Sunday streams? Yeah. So Sundays, we we try to stream every Sunday at nine o'clock Eastern time. PM 2100 for gun time enthusiasts. Gun time. Gun time. So we go there and we, we stream around 2100. Of course, if you follow us, 
then you'll get a notification when we start streaming. Mm-hmm. So go ahead, head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover. Give us a follow and make sure that you get notified and we can hang out there. We had quite a few people there the other night. and We had a really good discussion. And I think the more people who head in there, the, the more fun these things can be. So please show up. Other than that, you can find me on Instagram at, at Zodiac, which is X-O-D-Y-A-K. And that's where I post a lot of my pictures. I also cross post over to the retro hangover uh, Instagram page is, of course, you know, just at Ring over on Instagram. But come and check me out. I like to engage over there, uh, have good conversations and um, all that kind of fun stuff. All right. Uh, well, with all of that being said, until next time, play with your leather whipping joysticks. Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in head first with full 12 ounce bags. They've even got K cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's bit.ly slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.